We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. This is kind of a crappy slate on Saturday. It's really bad. Holy smokes. Welcome back to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire.com. Joined today by Chris Owen to discuss, well, we were just talking about whether what we wanted to discuss. Chris, I'm feeling pretty good about just this weekend so that we don't have to talk about Manchester United twice. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I'm, I'm always down to uh, talk less about Manchester United, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, for those who are playing season-long games, uh, specifically FPL, Manchester United, Crystal Palace, and uh, Middlesbrough will all play twice in the uh, current game week, which is uh, game week 34. The They will all play, or I'm sorry, they don't actually all play Saturday. Borough is the only one who plays Saturday. United and Palace play Sunday, and then they play again on uh, Wednesday and Thursday, respectively. So... It's a whole mess with those teams. Frankly, I'm not sure Burrow could be a worse double game week team to have to consider. And Palace plays at Liverpool and then home against uh, Spurs, which 
is certainly not the ideal situation. And Manchester United will probably rotate as much as they can. Although, as we were just saying before the podcast, Zlatan Ibrahimovic has been ruled out for the rest of the season with the knee injury he suffered um, yesterday during Europa play, which is just the worst of the worst. Although I guess it was Europa, it was quarters, right? So they're in, yeah, they're in the yeah. semis now. So that's their path to the Champions League. They're, they're going to have to do it without Ibrahimovic. Um, and I'm actually more bitter about Marcos Rojo going down. He is another one who could be out for the year. But um, for some reason, I decided to do my FPL transfers yesterday. Um, I did it before the Europa match. There's really no reason why I do it. Uh, my FPL team is horrific. I don't even know why I keep going back to it. But I happened to go back, and I was like, oh, there's a double game week. Let me see what I can do. Took a minus four to get Marcos Rojo in, as well as I don't even remember who the other one was. But then he promptly gets hurt. I say this every time there's a season-long conversation. Don't do your transfers too early. And here I am doing it too early. I think it's because I tend to take Europa days off, meaning Mm -hmm. I just give myself a little bit of a soccer break. And so, like, I knew United was playing, but, like, there was no thought in my mind that (laughs) something like that would happen and I would get burned. So now I have no way of finishing in the top 100 in FPL. I'll have to settle for my 1.6 million millionth place or whatever it is but <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh i had a similar something so i would, took out courtois last weekend because he was hurt and then put in begovic and uh he managed like a minus four or mm. something like that so yeah, that was also was disappointing not the ideal situation there yeah i just um this time of year is just tough for um for season-long stuff with me like ever since dfs came it's just like i i don't have the same desire in at least in premier league for some reason I'm, i still get really into fantasy mls season long game it's i think it's just because there are more points like you get more points for stuff and the transfers it's an easier game to play i just uh i don't know i think i'm getting a little too dfs focused to to play season long anymore maybe i'll take yeah. next year off especially with all these like season ending injuries now you're kind of just discouraged to uh find a uh, a proper replacement for like players like you know rojo if he if he is out for the season yeah or even ibrahimovic you're just kind of bummed you're like oh i'm losing my stud here for the end of the season who do i find so yeah i can understand why you get a get a little bit uh, tired of the epl season long it's um i think it's more of a season long fantasy sports thing for me like I love drafts, but like as soon as the draft is over, I'm like, all right, I don't know if I really want to have to keep this team up for the rest of, <laughs> rest of the season. Yeah, totally. But uh, we'll power through. Anyway, let's um let's talk about this horrific Saturday slate. <laughs> <laughs> it is bad. It is very bad. Yeah. So there's some FA Cup action going on this weekend, which is why uh, some teams are playing, but they're not playing Premier League games. So the we have a four game uh, Saturday slate. Uh, it all starts at 10 o'clock. It's all done, beginning and done, 10 o'clock Eastern. Uh, we'll we'll have all of our uh, results by 12, 15-ish or so. So we have Hull City home against Watford, Swansea home against Stoke, Burnmouth home against Borough, and West Ham home against Everton. I think the first Thanks. three I said are games you would skip on any given week. Um, and think, actually, you can skip it this week since the West Ham-Everton game's on at the same time, but uh, we we'll talk about them because there's plenty of fantasy uh, options. Uh, at least we'll have to convince ourselves there are. Yeah. Um, let's start with this Hull Watford game. Uh, it's not often that um, that Hull is favored in a in a match, but 
Um, this is the one, one of the rare situations that you'll find home against Watford. Um, the first place I kind of start to look with, with Hull is if uh, Camille Groshicki is going to start because uh, usually he's been, he's been taking some sets. And uh, Sam Klukas has actually taken a few. You were mentioning before the podcast that Harry Maguire might line up at right back. Um, yeah, that's uh, we'll see if it's if it happens. It sounds like uh, they're dealing with some injuries, so instead of him at center back, you may be playing at right back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, for I don't know how I ever feel about Harry Maguire. Um, at least on DraftKings, like he's obviously not your everyday center back, but he's also still usually just a center back. Like even if he's playing right back, I'm not convinced he's going to be crossing all that much. Um, and these ridiculous goals that he keeps scoring or the shots that he's taking and getting on target has risen his price on DraftKings to 4,500, which is a $1,500 jump from last week. Um, but two goals and two, seven shots. I mean, the guy basically looks like a forward when you look at his box score. <laughs> yeah, him and Phil Jagielka. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. We'll, we'll get to Jags in a little bit. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, the the looking through, like, Sam Klukas is not a guy I usually think about, even though he was sharing uh, some corners earlier in the year. But uh, if, if Grosicki doesn't start, which um, is certainly possible, uh, Klukas at 3,900, if he's taking corners, took a few shots like that, that might be too low for me to pass on. Yeah, I, I totally understand that, especially if he's going to be kind of playing in the hole there on that in that uh, 4 4 one formation, then definitely he's going to be able to get forward at least. And uh, 3,900 for an attacking mid is, is uh, going to be difficult to come by anywhere else with any of the other players in the slate. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not willing to go as far as to tab uh omar niassi or if uh bocani gets a start who knows but um Klukas is definitely the one i'll be watching specifically if if Grosicki plays or not i guess andrew robertson has been poaching a few although or he did earlier in the season he, mm-hmm. he uh i don't think he has taken any corners recently um on the other side we've got uh jose olabas um <laughs> uh, I, kind, every, of, kind of ends there. You got Troy Deeney if you're feeling feeling it. But. Yeah, I mean, Mbai Niang is kind of in and out. Um, yeah, Nordine Amrabat used to be a really good crosser, and, and that seems to have gone away. Tom Cleverly will steal a few corners that won't really help anyone. And every week, I try to convince myself that Daryl Janmot can be a, a legitimate fantasy option, and it it just doesn't happen. Is he in the uh, the Glenn Johnson conversation? Um, <laughs> he might be. I think people have much more of a, an affinity for Glenn Johnson for some reason. I, yeah, I tweeted that the other day. I, you guys can convince yourselves all you want. That guy could be starting as an attacking <laughs> midfielder on the on the wing, and I'm not taking Glenn Johnson. I mean, yeah, it's. Uh, I kind of made the point that like if if there was like a 17 year old kid lining up in that spot, um, cause they played three in the back last week. Like if he was playing as a, as a wing back, like you would take that chance, but we know what Glenn Johnson is. And it's not this like high crossing winger that, you know, regardless of where he lines up, like we know, we know yeah. what we have with him. So yes, we know what we have with Jan Mott, and yet I keep, I keep getting tempted every week, but, um, you like either goalkeeper in, in this one? Um, yeah, I would consider, uh, Jakubovic, if mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, just because it's Watford Hall, you know, that's this isn't exactly a uh, a a great uh, a high end matchup. So I could see him, you know, potentially stopping some shots. I I don't think this is going to be too much of a defensive game. Yeah. And I definitely like Hull to beat Watford in this. So I would consider him um, if I was going to consider any of the goalkeepers. Hmm. Do you think Hull scores enough to make Herelio Gom- Gomez like a bad play? Um, that's a that's a good question. I I don't see them like going out and putting you know four or five on the yeah. on the scoreboard, but I could definitely see them scoring a couple goals here. Like I, I that's a, to be uh, to be frank, I probably won't tune into this one. <laughs> but you know, if if I if I were to, I would expect Hull to win this one, and that's kind of why I uh, favor Jakubovic over. Um, Gomes, so we'll. See. But that's just how I feel about it. We'll. Uh, I would. I would consider Hull over Watford in this. Mm. Nothing makes what we do feel more like work than having to watch Hull Watford on a Saturday <laughs> morning. Yeah, uh, seriously. Um, all right. Next up, Swansea home against Stoke. Uh, Stoke were excellent last weekend in uh, three nil three three one victory over Hull. Uh, yep. Big game from Jordan Shakiri goal and an assist um only had three crosses but um he preceded that by a 10 cross and an assist game against liverpool so you buying shakiri uh i'm definitely a little more interested than i uh in him than i have been in the past uh i know we've talked about it in the past where you know shakiri's just been so frustrating he's either you know you expect him to start and then he's injured for four weeks and then you know he's not going to start and then he starts and scores a goal and has an assist so his recent form has kind of shown us that you know maybe he is worth a little bit of consideration and that especially if he's going to keep scoring goals Swan, stoke swansea you know that's certainly a matchup that uh that we could see some goals happen so yeah it's it's him or arnautovic if i'm going to take anybody from stoke yeah the the list of or the the number of times I've been burned by Shakiri is is not short, um, and it's it's not just injury related. Although I definitely rostered him the day he was hurt that he got hurt against Swansea. But like looking back at the at the game logs, you're like, oh, these these should be like great opportunities. Three shots, four crosses against Burnmouth, so that's you know five and a half points. Five crosses against Watford, five against Burnley. Uh, you know, it's like. There's no reason for me to get like overly excited about him, and yet you theoretically need to have the set piece taker for the side that's playing Swansea. Uh, so, yeah. ugh, totally. It seems like every time I watch Stoke, I watch Marco Arnautovic uh, have the ball at the near post and just smash it into the side netting. At least like <laughs> once or twice a game, I'm I'm positive. <laughs> um, we have a lot of stats on the site. That side netting side netting goals is, is not one, one of them, unfortunately, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, the, the way I, I've i been looking at Stoke, like Shakiri was obviously out for a little bit, but they scored two goals in five games. And then um, then they obviously had the three last week. But uh, it just, I, I get, I, I really struggle to, to get really excited about it. I got, went to the point of convincing myself that Peter Crouch was a decent play. Uh, <laughs> I, I wrote about him for FanDuel yes. because it's Swansea have just been burned this entire season by center forwards and Crouch hasn't even started the last six or seven games. Somehow uh, Mark Hughes continues to roll outside Oberahino who can barely get two shots off a game. So it seems like the perfect opportunity to play Crouch, uh, at least for Hughes, maybe not so much 
well, I'll, I'll certainly consider for fantasy, but it's, um, that's how, that's what it gets to that. I'm like looking and I'm like, well, it should be Shakiri, And then I'm like, who, who else can I play? And I start to actually convince myself that Peter Crouch is like a legitimate option. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a tough consideration. <laughs> I, I don't really, I don't think he starts in this. You're not, but yeah. No, I'm, would I'm you, not would you consider him if he started though? Um, I don't think so. I just, I have, I have little to no faith in Peter Crouch, especially at this age, maybe <laughs> in his younger years. I don't know. Who knows? I could be completely wrong, but, uh, yeah, I don't, a, I don't think he's going to start. And even if he does start, I don't, I don't see him. I don't see him being the difference maker in this one, especially from a fantasy standpoint. On the topic of guys uh, we don't have faith in Luciano, uh, Narsing, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. who, uh, we've, We've been uh, big supporters of his this or maybe not supporters, but we're, we keep I'm asking for more playing time. I'm a supporter. Yeah, it's usually Taga related because I think we you have him in one league. I have him in another that I'm in. And he had a decent showing uh, against Burnley back uh, at the beginning of March. I'm looking at this seven crosses in 73 minutes, had six crosses, three chances created against Middlesbrough uh, at the beginning of April. And he was absolutely awful last week against Watford. And, but he could start again. I, Wayne Routledge is out with the hernia, I believe, if yeah. I remember yep. correctly. Yeah. So it could be Narsing again. I guess they could, uh, I think Jefferson Montero is still alive. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he's still alive. I don't, don't remember the last time he played. So. Yeah. Um, so maybe he, let's see. Oh, no, he played last week, 25 minutes. Nice. So he must uh, replace Narsing. I was just about to say, I think he came on for Narsing. Uh, yep. There, <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. It was, uh, he came on for Cork. Oh, okay. Routledge came on for Narsing at, at halftime. Thank you for that Luciano again. Um, yeah. so Swansea, obviously you go to Sigurdsson right away. The other options are just really hit or miss. I guess Martin Olsen, uh, should get some consideration. He hasn't been that great recently, but um, the you know he's got some decent upside. They've they've had a tough run of. Uh, I guess they're not even that tough. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt here, but um, he had a huge game against Burnley when he scored the goal back in March. He had a goal on five shots, three on goal, and nine crosses, and he's taken one shot in the next five games, which is not great. Neither is 21 crosses, so are you buying Martin Olsen home against Stoke? Uh, I am. <laughs> oh, all right. There we go. I yeah. am too, if it makes you feel any better. <laughs> it, it does. I mean, in this slate, defenders are going to be difficult to come by, I think. So I'll spend up a little bit for – I actually spent up on two uh, – on Olsen and Leighton Baines mm-hmm. at defenders. So I've just been burned by taking, like, the really cheap defender so many times and getting, like, three points that uh, I, I feel like I – I needed to spend up a little bit on Baines and Olsen. So, and against Stoke, he should Olsen should be able to get forward and you know hopefully he can, uh, you know, link a couple crosses in there. Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess I had a question for you too. When we we discussed, you mentioned Sigurdsson. He's at uh, I think he's the most expensive player in this slate. No, he's Lukaku. Just Lukaku, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if you're obviously you're probably gonna have a difficult time trying to get Lukaku and Sigurdsson in the lineup. So is there, do you prefer Sigurdsson or Lukaku if you could get one of the two? I tend to side on the on the floor guy, and that would be Sigurdsson. I mean, he hasn't been great recently, but home against Stoke should be the, the time that he breaks out. They obviously need as many points as they can get. 
Uh, Lukaku has been significantly better at home this year than than away. Um, that being said, West Ham haven't been that great at London Stadium, so I'm not yeah. sure how much you really need to put into that. But yeah, Sigurdsson, I think, is what allows me, like, I, I will probably go Sigurdsson over Lukaku. Uh, I think you can get some Everton exposure with Kevin Morales. I probably I usually stay away from Barkley, but I think that match will be a little closer than than you want when you pay up for 11,400 for a, a guy who's pretty goal dependent. So mm-hmm. that being said, guys like Sam Klukas make it a little easier to fit both of them. If, if you if think you, you can. can, yeah, if you, if you think you can, can fill out the rest. I mean, obviously that usually probably takes you out of the running for guys like Olsen and, and Baines and Olabas who are the three most expensive defenders, but yeah, I think uh, – would this happen last week, Lukaku? Yeah, I think last week had they, they were the top two also, and uh, it turned out to be not nearly as difficult as as we thought. So, yeah. I mean, for a GPP lineup, I think you could definitely grab both of them and, and still have, like, a, a reasonable uh, a reasonable score from everybody else. Totally. Hmm. Okay. Um, next up is – let's talk about Burnmouth Borough. Oh, um, so we have – What's that? What a match. Yeah. Too excited to watch this one. Yeah. So uh, we have, I guess, Charlie Daniels kind of jumped out at me a little bit. I I wrote it in, I think it was in the DraftKings article, that the problem that we have with Burnmouth is that uh, Ryan Frazier had been so consistently on set pieces and he was taking a few shots. So he was like a fairly easy play. But with Junior Stanislas back, like they're essentially splitting playing time. Like it's not even that they're both playing and they're. You know they're both playing ninety, and they're they happen to be splitting uh, set pieces based on side, but they're actually like coming in for one another. And so if like if one of them, if only one starts, you're thinking like, okay, I'll go with that guy because he's starting. But you almost know that he's only playing sixty, sixty-five minutes at best. So it makes it difficult to to take the set piece taker on a team that's home against Burrow, but. Do you, yeah. Did you go in another direction, or did you think? I, uh, that... Yeah, I don't know. It's I, it's tough to uh, consider that. It's it's funny how that Bor- uh, the Borough defense has been so solid this year, but yet they're sitting in you know nineteenth. They, we've got you know along with Sunderland and Swansea, they've let up sixty eight and fifty eight goals, whereas Borough's <laughs> just let up thirty nine. That's crazy. And so so it, it's like I mean they've been good at the back, they can't score score goals though, unfortunately. So. I don't know how confident I feel in, in taking any Bournemouth players against the uh, against Middlesbrough. Oh, all right. That being said, I just think they're pretty tight at the back. We they played well against Arsenal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just I think they're just really they're organized, mm-hmm. and so I'll, I think it might be difficult for Bournemouth to uh, to find the back of the net. Yeah, they might get Callum Chambers back too, which is always um, you know it's always helpful when you get a guy who had been starting. At center back for you. Fabio will be out as well, I believe. Yep, yep. So they've got obviously some questions there. Uh, I like the I liked some of those guys though on Fanduel just because you get those attacking like uh, the defensive points. I think Burnmouth are going to try to attack as much as they can. So guys like Barragon and and Gibson, uh, mm-hmm. Barragon's much cheaper, but Burnmouth. I mean, they're uh, trying to see. I guess they're seven points out of relegation, so I guess they're they're fairly comfortably safe. Well, yeah. I don't know if that comfortably, but <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the I just I can't convince myself to any of the borough guys, at least 
attacking wise, other than Stuart Downing. Yeah. I think, I mean, the, what we've seen recently out of Downing is kind of what we saw. Is it possibly two years ago with West Ham? I think it was two seasons ago where he was a, you know, is a decent crosser and he was kind of a focal point of that midfield. And now that he's back on corners, he's even, um, playing on, he's playing on both wings. Um, I'm looking now his last five games. He started on the wing, on the right wing twice and the left wing twice. He's got 14, 13, nine and 10 crosses, which I mean, you can't really ask for much more from a guy. So I think he, despite Burrow being so bad, I think plenty of people will, will have shares of Stuart Downing this week. Totally. He's on DraftKings. He's, this is the most expensive he's been in the last 10 games, but and still you know, only 6, 14, 000. 7, 10, 10, yeah. double the points. That's a pretty good uh, output from a guy who's 6,000. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, it's not like Burnmouth or, you know, Chelsea at Stanford Bridge here. So, yeah, totally. They should be able to at least move a little bit. But, yeah, I agree. Uh, let's go to the last game, which um, should be the best one Everton, West Ham. West Ham get. Uh, Winston Reed back. Not sure if he'll start, but uh, they Aaron Cresswell was on the bench last week in his return from injury. He may start instead of um, Arthur Masawaku. They don't have anybody to start at right back because Sam Byram is hurt. So we might might see James Collins out there. Um, I think uh, has Kuyate played out there yet? Yep, Kuyate's played a few times out there. So either way, it's going to be kind of a mishmash of of defenders. Uh, mm-hmm. How many goals do you think Romelu Lukaku scores? I would say two. Oh. West, yeah, I, I got him pegged down for two. Um, West Ham has shown that they are definitely not that you know airtight in, in defense, and so I think Lukaku is going to be able to uh, to make it the difference there, obviously. Uh, big question mark, obviously, if it's James Collins or Winston Reid. Um, so I think he'll be able to – Jose Fonts, obviously, he's a good center back, but – James Collins is not up to the quality that Romalu Lukaku is at, so I think <laughs> no? he's I think he's, uh, he's good for a couple goals here, at least one. Okay, all right. Uh, so I, we, yeah, that's not, that's why I'm taking him here against West Ham. We should also note Andy Carroll is out with yep. a groin injury, and so Diafrasako may get the start. I would be a bit surprised if that happened. I think they they may try to go with Andre Ayew up front, but what do I know? Um, so if you like Lukaku a lot, who else do you like from Everton? Uh, like I, I mentioned earlier, I have Baines. I paid up for him. Right, right. Um, maybe my fingers are crossed that he, they get a PK or something like that. But um, I paid up probably for, I mean, he had 11 last game. He hasn't been overly impressive over the over you know the, past, the previous couple games. But against West Ham, I think anything's possible, um, especially – with if Winston reads out, I think there there's a lot more question marks in their defense, and that hopefully Baines can actually knock some crosses in. So that, that was my only other consideration from Everton. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am wondering when they're going to get a new another goalkeeper, though. Hopefully they oh. reinforce that over uh, over the summer. Yeah, that that's going to be priority number one, or maybe number two after taking everybody out of the Romelu Lukaku sweepstakes. But yeah, yeah, Kevin Morales. He, um, out of nowhere, took eight shots last week, which just flew right in my face. I think it was spiteful for me because I wrote how I didn't like him as much because he doesn't shoot nearly enough. And even though he's on set pieces, he only takes he only gets four or five crosses a game. So then, of course, he comes out with eight shots. None of them went in, but 
it was still a pretty good, pretty good performance. So that kind of makes me have to think of him a little bit. He's kind of in, he's actually more expensive than Grosicki or Arnautovic. So I'm not sure I would necessarily take, take him over those guys. Although again, it all depends on if you're trying to get Sigurdsson and Lukaku, then he may be a, yeah. Yeah. I I think, I think the biggest question mark of this uh, of this match here is if Phil Jagielka makes it four on the trot. Is he, I mean, he's playing like a center forward right now. Um, <laughs> I can't believe we're having this conversation. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, he looks great. He, uh, I think, what was even better is that not only has uh, Jags gotten a goal in three straight, Ashley Williams has an assist in three straight. Wow! Yeah, they're not. I think two of Ashley. Oh, that was it. So. Um, so he has three, a goal in three straight. Ashley Williams has an assist in three straight. Two of Ashley Williams' assists went to Jags, and the other one went to um, Pennington. So like, yeah, the derby. Right. Yeah. So they're scoring all these goals, and none of them are from <laughs> Lukaku or Morales or Barkley. or I guess Lukaku's yeah. had a few himself, but yeah. certainly none from Barkley or any of the other regular attackers. So Yeah. Um, but no, I'm not. I, I'm going to go with the no on Jagielka scoring yeah. again. Okay. All right. So just so that we're clear. Right. I will not rule out Ashley Williams getting another assist, though. Let me see. Okay. Yeah, three straight. Wow. Um, anyway, with that ridiculous aside, um, <laughs> I sent you a copy of Mike's um, DraftKings lineup. We'll, we'll go through that um, in a li- or quickly. He And actually, there's one guy that I wanted to bring up. Um, Brad Guzan is going to start for Burrow at Burnmouth because Victor Valdez is out with a rib injury. 4,000, like, not that, like you said, uh, Burrow's defense has been well-organized this year, so I actually don't think that's too bad of a play. In fact, I, I rostered yeah. Guzan myself, so nice. um, nicely nicely done there, Mike. Um, he has Antonio Barragon and Charlie Daniels from the same game. Um, I, I like Daniels as well. I wrote him up just because I think he should be able to move forward a little bit more. They, Burnmouth have had um, the pretty tough uh, stretch of games recently, so I think this will allow them to, to open up a little bit. And then, let's see, Arnautovic, Snodgrass, and... Um, oh, he had Olabas, excuse me, so he had a third defender. He has Olabas in the um, utility. Arnautovic and Snodgrass as his midfielders, and then Lukaku and Mbai Niang as his forwards, which neither of which, well, I'd probably stay away from Niang. But what are your thoughts on Snodgrass? I, we didn't really I talk actually, about yeah. him much in West Ham. Yeah, I actually have him in my lineup as well. Um, he's had assists in two straight games now. Um, he hasn't really been put in, in a, a ton of crosses, four, five, three, seven in his past four. Um, but yeah, so I got him in my lineup as well at seven thousand. I think he's slightly cheaper than a couple other midfielders that I was considering, and so I think if, if he, I mean, hopefully he starts. It hasn't been totally consistent for him at West Ham. Yeah, uh, in the starting lineup, but yeah, like he's a. He also has Arnautovic, and who's a little bit more expensive. So it's, I mean, if you're deciding between. I just I went Snodgrass over Shakiri and Arnautovic just because he was you know five hundred and seven hundred dollars cheaper mm-hmm. and he's on, he's typically on set pieces if he is starting. Yeah, my problem with with Snodgrass is always that I think when I roster him, Lanzini's going to get all the all the set pieces, and then 
it turns out the other way. Like I rostered Lanzini last week and at Sunderland and you were like, all right, that should be good enough. And it's Snodgrass. Although, so West Ham at Sunderland and they win one corner, which yeah. Snodgrass takes. And then, yeah, they combine for four crosses, all of them to Snod- to Snodgrass combined for two shots. Like it just, that was such a garbage game <laughs> for me, but yeah, that's my problem with Snodgrass ultimately is that like he was shooting a lot, or at least he was shooting more when he was with Hull. He knew he was taking every set piece, but Lanzini definitely um, shoots from from his set pieces, meaning the non corners. But I don't know. I just uh, I feel like they're they're taking too much from each other for me to to go all out on on one of them. And when I do go all out, it tends to be on Lanzini, not Snodgrass. Although I haven't been winning, so what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's jump to the Sunday slate. Just, um, just two games. We have Burnley home against Manchester United and then Liverpool home against Crystal Palace. We mentioned at the beginning that Ibrahimovic is out. Um, how do you think United plugs that hole? Wayne Rooney. I oh. think that, uh, I think Rooney is going to come back into the starting 11 here. Um, he's healthy. So he, he was on the bench, uh, again, uh, in the Thursday's Europa League, uh, quarterfinal, and so if he's healthy and they're missing Ibra, then I think it's it's going to be Rooney who starts at, you know, either slightly off uh, the center forward or at center forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I assume that, yeah, he'll play up with, with Rashford. So you think he gets it in in ahead of uh, Martial? I, uh, yeah, that's, I mean. Martial has been, seems to be in a bit there. of a doghouse there. Yeah, I, w- I definitely think that's the same thing as well. So, yeah, I think he... He gets in there. He's missed whatever, you know, probably like seems like four or five games because of those ankles. Um, but, yeah, I think he gets in before before Martial. And Rashford has obviously been – he's been really good for them lately, so I think he keeps a spot on the left with Jesse Lingard on the right. I thought I saw a stat that Rashford has the most minutes of any under-20 player in Europe, which wow. – really just means the top five leagues. I almost don't believe that. Maybe it was just in England. Yeah, they're because, probably not in the Ajax setup then. Well, certainly not that. I was thinking of the Dortmund guys. Like, I think Dembele's played plenty of minutes. Oh, yeah. And Pulisic hasn't really played too many in, in Bundesliga play. But even if it is in the Premier League, it's weird to see Jose Mourinho giving that many minutes to a teenager. But uh, we have, I think, Daily Blind is the option to start next to Eric Bailly at center back, which is... Um, you know, questionable <laughs> best. And then yeah, uh, Mourinho made kind of a point that Antonio Valencia isn't, not that he's not fit enough, but he doesn't think he can play essentially three games in seven, eight days. So I wonder if either he gets rested for this one or next week's uh, midweek against Burrow. The other side could be Darmian, could be Ashley Young. It's kind of a, yeah, big question mark for that United. In fact, it's pretty much the whole team. The only guy I'm confident is playing is Ander Herrera. And yeah, probably totally. Pogba, I guess. Yeah. yeah, he did note that in his press conference, he was talking about injuries and Smalling, Jones, and now Rojo are out. He uh, kind of singled out it's the, their reserve captain Axel Twansby, and so I don't think he makes he comes into the starting eleven, but he could he he'll probably come in there as backup with Blind starting as center back. I've literally never heard that name in my entire life. Yeah, I uh, I had to look him up today. <laughs> <laughs> I 
So yeah, I, I just saw that uh, he's he's been the captain. He's 19, so I think he might might make the match day squad at the very okay. least if Blinn's at center back. All right. So if we have all those questions at defense, who are you playing from Burnley? That's a, uh, I mean, Robbie uh, Robbie Brady seems mm-hmm. like a, a decent consideration, especially if Blinn's going to be playing at center back. Uh, he seems like I'd have absolutely zero faith in George Boyd. I just I should just note that. Okay. Um. So yeah, I mean Robbie Brady would be my option. Um, Andre Gray or Barnes are obviously going to potentially going to be the forwards, but uh, yeah, Robbie Brady would be the pretty much the only Burnley player that I would consider. Earlier this year, Tom Heaton had 11 saves in a clean sheet at Old Trafford. You think he can do it again? They're much better at home. Much yeah, better at home. Definitely. Uh, I think he could, uh, especially with. You know, Ibra out. They're kind of they're dealing with so many injuries, and they're coming out. What's it? A three day turnaround um, from their last match. So, I, I think Heaton could he could have a good game, especially considering that they are at uh, Turf Moor. Yeah, yeah. The Manchester United schedule is is pretty crazy. I mean, they yeah. So they played Thursday in the Europa League. They, that was at home, so that helps. Yep. So they have. Oh no, I'm sorry. They don't play Borough. They play. It's the Derby. Excuse me. So they play. Yeah, Sunday against Burnley. Wednesday uh, against Man City, Saturday against Swansea. That's tough. And then the following Thursday against Celta Vigo in the Europa. And then Arsenal. Gosh, wow. This is that is awful. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, don't feel bad. You just uh, gotta, they should have pulled a Liverpool and losing all the cups. Yeah, exactly. Issue. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the... The defenders from Burnley are probably going to be pretty expensive on FanDuel, but they'll they should have plenty of opportunities to to rack those points up because you know they should be on their back foot. You would think, but I guess maybe without Ibrahimovic, it's not quite as quite as bad. Uh, let's jump over to Liverpool, Crystal Palace. Your boys uh, are a little banged up. It sounds like Jordan Henderson may not return this season, if I remember that correctly. Yeah, they're already out. Um, they already have Sadio Mane out. Matip is questionable. Uh, Lucas is questionable. Who's Ragnar left? Klevan is also questionable. Oh, that's right. And uh, Lalana's still out. Although he's close, isn't he? Yeah, he, he's. Uh, I think he returned to like he was doing some outdoor work. I mm-hmm. think he'll be back in training next week. Is what okay. I saw. So, so you still have Coutinho, Firmino, Origi, Wijnaldum. Do you think Sturridge gets a rare start? You know, I was uh, I was reading a little bit earlier this morning about what what some of their options are, and they've been pretty much going with that four three three for the most part. Yeah. And I had, I mean, I don't know if this happens; it would be kind of uh, out of the norm. But if you went to a, like a four two three one with, uh, oh, I hope this doesn't happen, but Alberto Moreno coming oh, yeah. into the uh, at left back, and then Milner sliding into to midfield potentially. Um, otherwise, you can go Chan or Wijnaldum at that uh, kind of that double pivot a little bit, and then go. Um, if Sturridge was, if he did make the starting eleven, I think that's how it would go down with Coutinho, Origi, and Firmino, kind of playing three behind Sturridge there. But, yeah, they they moved to a three five one one in that Stoke game when yep. Coutinho and Firmino went on the bench, and by f- halftime that was thrown out the window. Yeah. So that was a terrible game. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, and and then uh, another person that. A player that's probably going to be considered as Joe Gomez, yep. um, especially if uh, Joel Matip and uh, Clavon are out yeah. too. Because I mean, he 
he had that knee injury for the longest time. He came back. He's been playing with the U23s, but this will be it, it'll be a pretty tough game to slot him in, especially against Crystal Palace, who, you know, for all it's worth, is one of the, a pretty good attacking team. That front four is is definitely something to fear. I think Christian so, Benteke yeah. revenge game. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it, a lot of question marks in the uh, in the Liverpool lineup. I'd say, especially at. Uh, you know, center back and if they're going to go three in the midfield. But, yeah, Coutinho and Firmino are the, the two players totally to consider. I'm not sure I consider it too much of a revenge with Ben Tech. I realize he didn't really play much there, but they also did make him filthy rich. Yeah. And then got him a new contract at Crystal Palace. So I'm not sure yep. there's a lot of love lost. But, yeah, I agree that that attacking group, Zaha, Townsend, Punchin, Kabai, Ben Tech, they've all been, like, really good. I wonder if Van Anholt will get back in. Uh, Jeff Schlupp has been starting at left back uh, with with Van Anholt out, but Van Anholt was on the bench last week, so yeah, you'd think match fitness would be up. Uh, James Tompkins is back, so he'll partner with either Delaney or Martin Kelly. So yeah, no, uh, no, Mamadou Sacco for this. That's right. That's right. Due to his loan term, his loan term. So yeah, so he's been great for them. Yeah, he he really has. He, uh, I mean, I I think he sat the first couple games after going out on loan, and ever since he started every game, and he's been really solid for him. Yeah, yeah, it has been really good. Um, let's stop there. Perfect. Because I'm looking at the next slate. Maybe we'll do another podcast on Monday to talk about that. Apologize for those who are uh, season long heavy, but um, we're already pretty late on this podcast due to my own scheduling, but. Um, for those who want some DFS help for next week, we'll yeah we'll do another um, another one. There's a match Tuesday, which I'm guessing most sites will skip, but that's Chelsea home against Southampton. Then Wednesday is a three game slate: Arsenal home against Leicester, Borough home against Sunderland. Ooh, gosh, that is awful. And then uh, Palace home against Spurs. And then obviously Thursday is the Manchester derby, which uh, I'm not sure anybody, I'm not sure what kind of game that would be built into, but. Uh, we'll see then. So, uh, Chris, thanks for filling in yet again, and uh, good luck this weekend. Yep, thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. 
get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.